How you doing? You. You sound beautiful. Right. You sound fucking like, beautiful. It looks like you're sitting on a toilet. <laughs> it does, but hey, well, it doesn't just look like it. <laughs> nice. A man is sitting on a toilet. It's going to drop a shit and then drop the knowledge. <laughs> Where you going, Bill? That's it. That's he got it. I just offended him. I offended the fuck out of him. He's like, Walking that's it. Oh, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. I was in the toilet. You're like, it's not professional? It's not what I came here for? That's a wrap, son. So can you uh, hear right. me or no? No, we got, I hear you. I hear you okay. pretty good. So we got, okay, let's do an intro this time. Because last time we didn't anyways. We got, we once again, time. but we sort of did. We sort of did. But uh, we got Ariat messi Kamesi, Bill McCarthy, yep. McCarthy from the U.S. National Coaching Team uh, 2019. And, oh, fuck. Well, let's discuss whether it's going to be 2020. We know it's not going to be 2020, actually, because the U.S. team isn't coming. But um, add that, UK team's not going. Fresh off the press, Team Canada, Team France isn't going. Team Italy's not going. We got a whole shitload of people not going, fellas. And in terms of the classic division, those are the major heavy hitters. I got one more announcement here. One more surprise for you, fellas. Uh oh. <laughs> oh, oh, no. no. From New Zealand. Uh, is he going to bring us breaking news about what New Zealand team is doing? Rory, Rory, always the Rory. He's got his mic off. There he is. He's back on. Hey, guys. How you doing? There. You sound hey, buddy. beautiful, sir. You sound beautiful, sir. So we were just saying, what do you guys want to discuss? We don't have Rory for a long time. He's here for a good time, not a long time. So we can pick up after he leaves. Uh, and that's so often you're going to say that about Rory. But um, what do we... What are we thinking? What's the what's the topic you guys want to discuss first? We have the world's with more and more nations pulling out. We have the cancellation of U.S. Raw Nationals. And then we have the women's with a lot of strong talk about new weight classes. Rory, why don't you start with the world, why don't you start with world championships since Rory's actually going to possibly still be there since we, we have nothing to do with that anymore. So, <laughs> what, do you, what do you think, Rory? What do you think? What do you want? Uh, what do you want to talk about before you leave? Yeah, let's talk about uh, let's talk about worlds going ahead with possibly only a few nations. That could be uh, really interesting. Okay, so so like we said, U.S. is gone, U.K.'s gone, Canada's gone, Italy's gone, France is gone. My God, uh, what do we got? The Eastern Europeans still there, and that's and that's a maybe. What I can confirm is Belarus and Argentina is going <laughs> to have their first world champions in second and third and fourth and fifth, maybe, depending on how the day goes. Would, I'm, pretty sure Belarusian, I'm pretty sure a Belarusian beat uh, Taylor Atwood at one point. But Well, I mean... We'll, didn't we'll, they, didn't they, I mean, you said their first world championship. I'm pretty sure... Was it no, I'm saying Argentina. I'm saying Argentina would have the oh, first sorry, sorry, class. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. But sorry um, while Belarus would might possibly clean up too. Well, what are you guys saying? Um, is there is there a reason to go forward with this? Well, how about you, Rory? You're from a nation that's still in where all of our teams are out. What do you think about this? I mean, of course, there's conversation going on at the moment, but uh, nothing official as to whether New Zealand is is going or not going. Um, I don't. 
Uh, so Belarus has currently got a uh, two-week stand-down period. When you come into the country, you go into managed isolation for, for two weeks, um, some, some exceptions to that, including America. Um, and they're having, I think, I think in the last 24 hours, they've had over 330 new cases of COVID, currently 60,000 active cases in the country. Um, like, it's not a place that I would particularly want to be going right now. Um, I know, had a great so, time last time, though, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was so looking forward to going back to Belarus. I had a, had a great time last time. Um, I just don't think it is, uh, I don't think it's the place to go during a global pandemic. What do you I don't want to leave my house for God's sakes. Let's just be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be hostess in Bill's backyard. What do you think is the possibility? Because a lot of teams have not pulled out of Norway, which is the Equip World Championships. However, Norway, of course, the Equip Worlds is a little later on in the year. So I'm not entirely convinced if that's because of location, Norway having handled COVID differently and possibly people having more confidence in their protocols. If it's just because it's later on the calendar year and guess what nations are probably going to end up pulling out of that one when time comes, or if maybe it's a possibility of a little bit of both. What do you think Rory? Cause you seem to have some stats in front of you. I, uh, I haven't got the Norway stats in front of me. Um, I suspect okay. it's just that it's a little bit later in the year. Like uh, Worlds was originally supposed to be right now. We are supposed to be sitting in uh, in a uh, hotel lobby in, in Belarus right now doing this in person. Um, but, but then it was moved to, I want to say October. And so, you know, that's, you know, it's, we're sort of 90 days out from the beginning of that. Um, nominations need to be in 60 days out. So really we have what, 26, 27 days now to decide whether we're submitting a team or not and actually get the paperwork into the IPF to, to get that confirmed. And so that, that time frame is basically the time frame that we have to make a decision on whether we're going or not. Um, whereas for the, the November event, so that's the, that's, that's still what, five months away. So we've got about two months longer to make that decision. And so I think probably what we're going to see is a lot of countries are going to pull out of the early events now, wait a little bit longer because they have a little bit of a longer period to still be able to make a responsible decision. And then again, make, make a decision sort of three-ish months out from that event, which is probably so, you know, another, another month or two from now. Yeah, you're probably right, and, um, and timing will be everything, and it depends on, look at naturally, even if, if Norway happens to handle this differently in certain nations, just by the way, the way the virus has been spreading, it might start not spreading as, as badly come next winter, maybe it becomes worse, maybe it starts receding a little bit in terms of the numbers, so we'll just have to see how that works out. What do you guys think, fellas, in terms of are you at all hopeful in terms of Norway going through, or do you think it's just a matter of time that U.S. will also pull out of Norway? No, we're done. We're already out of Norway. Are you guys out of Norway as well now? Yeah, they announced that we're done with everything. So. Oh wow. Same with Canada, right? No, Canada left Norway open. Oh, yeah. I thought they said all World Championships. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure I can read the thing again. But I'm pretty sure Arian would know. But yeah, they, they we yeah, pulled out I, all I World Championships. I thought U.S. had pulled out of all world championships as yep. well. I thought they just yeah, no, no internationals the rest of the year. Yep, U.S. is out of all the IPF and all the NAPF meets for this year. Oh, and shit, we're not even having our own nationals for God's sake. <laughs> yeah. so of course, we're not going to internationals. <laughs> well, here's a good segue, right? Um, so what do you guys feel about that? Having pulled out of the, the own nationals here, you guys, were you at all back in the background discussion on it? And w w was there any kind of plan B's and trying to make this thing happen and what do you think were some of the factors in terms of that decision in terms of look at we just can't do this yeah there's uh, 
Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Aaron. I was just say there's there's a lot of factors. I mean, we weren't in on it. We're not part of the executive committee, so I don't know if there was a try a plan B to move it to a different location or anything like that. But there's a lot of factors as far as the not only the, the federal restrictions, but also for the state of Florida. Right now, it says that you can only have gatherings of 10 or less unless it's an outdoor area or a large venue, then you can have 50 or less. So mm-hmm. then how are you going to run a raw nationals? Are you going to have like each platform in its own separate room, like completely separate, and you're not allowed to go into another platform so you can meet the 50 or less? So there's things like that. There's liability issues. Um, there's also the travel issues. So right now, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut have a quarantine if they come to Florida. Louisiana used to have it. They removed it for Louisiana. But what if it changes? What if like the people coming to set up the meet literally can't get into Florida without a quarantine or going back, they have to go into quarantine and can't go back to work or anything. So there's lots of factors like that. And maybe this was a good chance to not only let the lifters know early before they spend money on plane tickets or anything, but also for maybe they can get out of their contract right now. But if they wait until one month out, maybe they can't get out of that contract for the venue. Yeah. No, 100%. And that's another issue that people may not be considering as well as meet directors that oftentimes have to put in deposits down to to secure these venues, et cetera, at the world level, all the different worlds. We're talking bench worlds, master worlds, open classic. um, And then you got obviously U.S. Raw Nationals or whatever nationals going on around the world right now. There's going to be a lot of people licking their wounds after this. You know, there's going to be a lot of, whether it's sponsors, meet directors, uh, people getting flights. Look, I got flights for the world championships and I got a fucking arm wrestle of the airlines to get my money back. They will wrestle you for that cancellation insurance you bought into. And they're like, show me papers. I'm not sure if we like it. It's everybody's, everybody, it's a big hassle all around. And, uh, and not anybody's ever happy about this. And then looking forward at 2021, Obviously, we had the Sheffield was probably the first major casualty of the year was Sheffield 2020. And we're all thinking initially anyways, well, by 2021, this should be cleared up. And hopefully we're ready to rock and roll for 2021 Sheffield. How are we going to do a Sheffield 2021 with no raw nationals, conceivably no worlds? It's looking like no worlds, not official, but conceivably no worlds. And God knows if we're going to even have travel bans still by the time March rolls around for 2021. Sheffield's looking dicey as well. All yeah. of these, all these events are starting to look dicey. I mean, absolutely. Like this is this is stuff that we we don't we can't look into a crystal ball and see what the world is going to look like in February, March next year. We need to take what what is coming as it comes. And you know, if we if we get to sort of October, November, and things are starting to look really positive, then I imagine that they'll start figuring out how they're going to do invites for Sheffield. They might start figuring out the logistics for it. Um, But if we get to like October and everywhere is still fucked, there's a pretty good chance that they're going to pull the plug on that as well, I think. I mean, it's here's, here's the way I could conceivably see this. If travel bans lift in time and they could bring people in from around the world, but now they're just left with qualification process is going to be a little sketchy. We got to start arguing about that. If yeah, they but just I mean, listen, they're, they're putting the money up. They just, you know, let's pick these 14 guys, 14 girls. Cool. It's our money. We'll do what we want. Kind of That's deal. exactly what I'm thinking. I think, I think more of the problem is, like, they got to sell tickets. They got to make sure everyone can travel and get the visas. And then, the, you know, all that kind of stuff is – plus, everyone everyone to be healthy. Don't get people sick, for God's mm-hmm. sakes, right? I mean, listen, the U.K. just let someone in the New Zealand, and all of a sudden now they're sick again. <laughs> so. 
That person yeah, they, is in quarantine. So yeah. Uh, yeah, not infecting the rest of us. <laughs> I, I think the, a big thing that Bill mentions is about the tickets. And I think it's what kind of show do they want to put? Do they want to kind of maybe bend on what the original idea was? Because they wanted to have this huge event. It's not just the 14 lifters. It's all the spectators they want to have there and the build up all the videos and all the hype leading up. So now it's like, okay, maybe in November it's getting better, but it's still bad where you're not going to be able to sell a bunch of tickets. Do you still want to have the Sheffield with 10 people in the crowd? Good point. Do they start shifting focus from almost like a UFC platform that they're doing now where it's like, we're not going to do as much of a live in-house. That's basically going to be gone. It's going to be production crew, whatever. Uh, yeah, if they get on ESPN or to get on Sky Sports right. or something like that. Yeah, if they get some revenue that way, for sure. Pay-per-view, yes, that'll happen. But, yeah, you know. There's, there's definitely options. Um, one of the things I think is going to be important is what the restrictions coming into the UK are like. Like if every athlete has to spend two weeks in a hotel when they land, then they're not going to be able to put on the performance that they probably want because everyone's going to be, you know, sort of two weeks completely detrained after, after sitting in a hotel room not being able to access equipment. And then they need to decide if that's the kind of event that they want to run or not. Yeah, Brett Gibbs is like, quarantine me in the fucking hotel jail. <laughs> <laughs> quarantine me with that bench press. <laughs> That's right. All I need is my bench, baby, and we're good, right? The, the, the other thing they can consider is maybe what if they move SPD to the meet to another country where it's easier to get in and out? Would they be willing to do that? That's a good – you know what? That's a, actually not a bad point. I don't know if it's – yeah. Like, obviously, for anyone listening doesn't know, SPD is based in – yeah, go fight Island. Oh, wow. Island. Bill pulling out all the <laughs> – it's not a bad – someone get data on the phone. We're going to piggyback here and start <laughs> – yeah. Can you imagine flying in Brett Gibbs and everybody from around the world that's on an island somewhere? Actually, New Zealand's got some nice islands, man. You guys got your quarantine – you guys got your cases down low. One one Brit. Uh, there we've got we've got about uh, I think 24 at the moment, but it's all it's, none of it is community transmission. It's all cases that have been picked up in the uh, two-week quarantine period when they come into the country. And so within New Zealand, we actually have complete free movement at the moment. Um, there's there's no restrictions at all other than coming in and out of the country. You got sports with spectators, right? Yeah, well, sports have spectators. There was the uh, first rugby games a couple of weeks ago, and and they draw some like massive crowds. You know, like. You know, like like forty thousand people watching a sort of standard oh. rugby game, stuff like that. What? Yeah, it's been it's been huge. It's so wild to just like see nowadays, and it shouldn't be. But to see a crowd of twenty thousand people now is like, oh my god! It's like bizarre. And, uh, still to makes see. me like a little bit nervous going like on the train, and there's you know, and there's per- a person sitting in the seat next to me, and I'm like, after <laughs> yeah. four to fourteen weeks in lockdown. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, we've got we're looking pretty good internally. Um, I don't know if we want to invite all of the Americans here just to uh, bring more COVID no, into the country. We definitely though. don't want to do that. Trust me. We do not want to do that. <laughs> I'm one of the hot uh, spots. Aryan guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's from Florida. You don't want him there for sure. One thing that is good that we are going to see, especially in U.S. right now, because um, U.S. raw nats is down, everyone I'm seeing now is like, let's start targeting some local competitions. And these little local comp- – how, how many of these are actually on the calendar? Do you guys know is there – because a lot of depending on the state it still wouldn't be possible even if you're a small local meet but there are competitions still out there and i see also not just usapl but in the untested there's a couple big showdowns coming in the fall bigger meets guys like john hack some of the bigger names in terms of the untested are going to do battle in the 90 kilo class in the 100 kilo class etc i'm wondering are these things still a go or 
do you guys know what's looking like around in terms of the U.S.? I mean, there was a couple of meets last weekend. There was one in Texas, one in South Carolina. Um, I know the weekend before that, there was one in North Carolina. So these, you know, local, quote unquote, local meets are happening now. Mm. Um, I know in my area, Virginia has one coming up in like maybe three or four weeks or something like that. Um, so, yeah, so I mean, I, I think um, Florida has one right area, like was August 1st or whatever. So, I mean, yeah, in the next six weeks or so, I'm pretty sure you're going to see a lot more. Well, there's going to be a lot of meets in a lot of different states for sure in the next six weeks. Um, I just hope people aren't going to get hurt. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, That's my but, biggest fear in this whole thing. But for like the rest of the year, for the next five, six months, it's going to be all local competitions. And you're going to have different people. Some people are just going to not compete at all, just wait till next year. Some people might just do like a mock meet in the gym. There's some people trying to set up online competitions, maybe do something like that. And then there's some people that might go after what USAPL did is allow American records at any local meet as long as you have the national referees there. So now you might want to go break an American record where there's no competition. It's driving from maybe your home, whatever, an hour or something like that. You're in a more comfortable setting. Maybe it's your own gym or something like that mm -hmm. and see what you can go for. Go all out. So it might be interesting what kind of numbers we see broken. I was just about to say, so I was about to segue and thank you for bringing it up. U.S. national records being broken at local meets. American records. That's right. <laughs> U.S. American. It's a little redundant. It's a little redundant. I got you. I got you. But what do you guys feel about that? As long as it's, as long as the, the referee is a proper category, do you see any issue at all? Or Yeah, I mean, uh, I <laughs> Bill's, Bill's saying asterisk. I disagree with him because we already had it where you can set American records at your state championship, which is once a year, at your regional championship, that's once a year, and then the national championships and above. So we already had that where it could be a local meet where it's just your state championship in your state. You have the referees, you have the scale and everything like that. Everything is done correctly. So it's the same thing. Now it's just saying, okay, it doesn't have to be your state championship. It can be any of them as long as those same things are in place. Yeah, I'm just messing. I mean, I really don't have an issue with it at all, to be honest with you. As long as the right referees are in place, it's all good. Yeah. I mean, there's not a heck of a lot. I mean, a lot of these states as well, if it's within driving distance, you would have had multiple opportunities regardless, right? To travel from one state to another, and then you got regionals, and then you got the U.S. Raw Nationals. So you would have several opportunities within the year. And another issue with this would be, and they kind of already waived the qualifications and the qualification for 2021, I'm pretty sure it's just going to be straight up a wrap. You show up. Are we looking at now? You just show up, throw, throw in whatever. Like, do you have to have competed? What do you think we're going to look at at next Raw Nationals? It's, it's tough to tell at this point because we don't know when things are going to go to back to normal. Right. If, we, if we say January 1st goes back to normal, that still leaves you a long time to qualify for, say, Raw Nationals. And if you had already done a meet this year at the beginning before it, uh, everything shut down, then you're qualified. They could maybe extend it and say, okay, we'll take 2019 totals as well. But if, for example, you're trying to do high school nationals, which is normally in March, but we're coming back to normal in January, they might have to make some kind of change for that. And, and do you think because they have all these local competitions happening right now, they would still want to waive the qualifications? Or do you think at some point they're going to make, look, we have enough local meets. We do expect you to hit certain, certain markers to make the meet. I guess it's really a matter of like how many people they can handle. Right? 
I mean, if they're like, hey, you know what, listen, we have a venue and everything's safe enough, which I don't think it will be to handle a massive amount of people. But, you know, let's say they're like, oh, yeah, we can handle 2,000 people, then yeah, sure. You know, maybe the qualifier lower or whatever. But, um, yeah, but if, but if they're like, hey, listen, we have to really, really cut this down and only have, you know, 100 people per day or whatever it's going to be, then they're going to crank up the qualifiers for sure. I think it's just a matter of what we can actually handle yeah. as an organization to run the meet. And what are the other clients? Uh, it, it depends on how many of the meets actually end up happening because there's plenty of meets that got canceled during this time. Some of them got postponed, but now even since this announcement that came out, some people have canceled like the Tennessee state chair just canceled her meet yeah. for the end of August. So some of these meet directors that might not want to deal with these, um, with these protocols and they might want to just cancel and then you're not going to have that many opportunities. We got a lot of background noise from Rory. <laughs> you want some videos, Rory? It's his uh, coworkers, I believe. Rory, can you I'm in an, in an office. Yeah. Sorry about that. No he's worries. In his cubicle. Can you still hear us when your mute's mic there, Rory? Oh, yeah, I can hear you fine. I just need to be, be careful about turning it on and off when I'm actually speaking. There we Sorry go, about sir. that. No worries, no worries. Yeah, so what I was saying is, so what I was saying is basically in these next five months, we'll have to see how many meets actually stay on the calendar and how many meet directors just cancel and say, okay, well, we'll just come back next year. <laughs> and, and what do you guys feel about me saying if these raw nationals would have taken place? Ricky Cho would have totaled 800 kilo at 74. <laughs> you were trying to get a reaction out of us. You were trying to get a reaction. What do you guys think about that? The villain. The villain. It could have happened. It could have happened. But we'll never know. We'll never, we'll never know. There's no way that we can find out now. It's, it's not going to happen now. So. It would have... It would have been great if you said that, Ryan, because it's a win-win for SPD. Right. They would have used it your little, your little caption. You're definitely not wrong. Because <laughs> we don't know. We'll never change my mind. Change my mind. <laughs> Things are going well. The, the so problem what about this idea, real quick. I had an idea the other day or yesterday. Um, what if, since we obviously use our national championships as qualifiers for the Arnold when we run the Arnold for that three day meet in March, what if um, USAPL used that as like a prime time session for equipped and classic um, nationals? So we can get our uh, world championship teams out of it. It's yeah, not a like terrible a, idea. No, no, it's not a terrible idea at all. As a matter of fact, look at it's because we, we got to figure out how to get them qualified somehow. So yeah, and if it's a little tougher in terms of making the prime time there because they don't have quite as much space, like how many lifters? Well, I don't no, know. Not the prime, no, not, I'm not saying run nationals there. I'm saying just do prime time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. is the is the prime time? Number of lifters, roughly the same as the number of lifters that happen at Arnold. Is it, do you know? It's, it's know probably less. Is the it? Prime okay. time is less than the Arnold, yeah, for sure. So then we'd still be able to run the, the primetime nationals there and then still have some whatever, uh, you know, dead only, bench only type stuff happening that aren't necessarily raw national events. Because I don't know if yeah, Arnold. Yeah, for sure. Because the Arnold might not be like, we want to help you out, but we don't want you guys to totally hijack the event. But um, as long as just a little bit of wiggle room, I don't see why that's not a good compromise for all parties. And in the Arnold, it just becomes, look at if you're the Arnold and you're saying, we're not going to do the IPF records more than likely. So how do we make this thing special again? Boom. It almost falls in your lap. Yeah, it's almost desperation, right? <laughs> we got to wow. figure out a team. Well, so. I was going to say, Bill, it, it steals from uh, Sheffield as well if that happens. 
Uh, I'm, yeah, know, I'm for not, sure. I'm not entirely sure though. It kind of depends on like if the Sheffield invites go out, it's not going to be, it's not going to rob the entire raw nationals of, of, uh, yeah, but all the people that are going to be able to win raw nationals are going to be going to Sheffield. Well, here, here's what I'm going to say is how many <laughs> right. people is that going to be though? How many, well, how many was do- it this year from us? It puts a lot of people in a really hard choice. Like imagine you're, you're Taylor Atwood and you have, you have this choice. You can either go to Sheffield, potentially walk away with, you know, tens of thousands of pounds of, of prize money, or you can go to the Arnold and potentially qualify and potentially qualify for worlds. You know, he still has to go and he still has to make a total. He still has to win and, and then qualify for worlds. And like suddenly now he's in this choice where he has to, where he has to go, okay, do I go and take the money from Sheffield? potentially or do I potentially qualify for nationals and then use that to qualify for the next Sheffield and so on like that's a really hard position to put those people in even if it's only five or six people like that's a not a good position for those five or six people right true but normally normally wouldn't be a problem but this is kind of a special situation considering it sucks for everybody (laughs) yeah and I mean you could make the qualification where it takes from both those competitions to not hurt those lifters and then they can go do Sheffield and it actually get an advantage probably because Sheffield would be after the Arnold, so they would know exactly what total to beat. So some of those other people might get mad, but at least that way they would have a easier choice. You mean in terms of looking at it like if you're a 74, if if Taylor goes to Sheffield, you're a 74 at the raw, raw, Arnold slash Raw Nats, okay? Right. And um, you take the best total, and the best total goes towards Worlds. Right, so oh, Ricky hits 800, so Taylor's hit 801. Sure, Done. sure. And that's probably what's going to roll out there. And uh, that, that's, that's what we were going to originally do with, with Worlds being a week or two before our Nationals. We were going to say, presents. okay, take, take both those meets. Whoever has the biggest total, that's what we pick. So there is some precedence there. And it's, it's not completely inconceivable. I don't know exactly what the answer is going to be here. Um, it sounds like a good enough proposition as long as who knows what things are going to be like come March. Nobody really exactly. does. Or if, you know, if Arnold even happens or if Columbus even wants us back because they were pissed off that we were there anyway the first time. So <laughs> now, now, now I have a separate selection criteria possibility for you guys. See what you guys think. My assistant coach and New Zealand coach mm-hmm. for picking next year's team based on no raw nationals. Would you rather pick whoever won last year who was originally supposed to be on the team who didn't get to do it? Or would you like to wipe the slate clean and say any USAPL meet, whoever has the highest total, we take you? Oh, shit. I would probably uh, lean towards the second one. I'd probably put some kind of criteria, you know, every, any USAPL meet of at least the standard or, you know, any USAPL meet that has X number of national referees present so that you don't get people sort of skating in with their, their newly qualified buddy and, and their gym meet. Um, but I think that's, that's better and puts more weight on sort of the more recent information than you have the knowing, okay, like nearly two years ago, this person put up a good performance. Uh, yes, they've lost out on, on an opportunity that they otherwise might've had, but, but if you don't let other people have an option, then they're losing out on the opportunity that they have now. And so I, I would lean towards the second option. What do you think, Bill? Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm biased towards the team this year because one of my best buds is on the team. Um, but um, yeah, I don't. I, I think for the like the junior sub juniors, I think that's the way you have to do it because of all the interchanging ages and that kind of stuff. 
But as far as the open team, I, I don't know. I mean, it makes sense to have everyone just kind of duke it out and whoever hits the highest total hits the highest total. So what are we, you know, setting a date, January 1st, cool. Okay, so now let's, okay, now let's sanction a meet on December 31st because we want to be the last one to go to go for that highest total, right? So, you know, you're going to see that kind of stuff happening too where it's going to be played nobody's, out. Nobody's making weight one week after Christmas, Bill. Like, <laughs> <laughs> probably right. But it is true, though. Bill, it makes a point where ordinarily – Within the same competition, it's just down to lot number whether or not you lift last. But now it's going to be like you're going to have so much pressure on meet directors. Like, please, yeah, who competes last? It's not, it's not even who lifts last. It's who competes last? Who competes right? last? Make something happen in December, late November at the latest. Because I I know I got to beat Ricky Cho's 800 or whatever the shit it is. So. Yeah, like you know, look, look. Let's be honest here. If Ricky Cho hits 800 this fall, Taylor Atwood will kill himself in December to make sure he bests that. But on the same time, on the same token, there is something to be said for a little bit of adding some spice and element. Some other sports do have a tour where you know your ranking shifts throughout the year, throughout the season. It's not just one tournament, but six tournaments like Grand Prix, tennis, and some other sports have this, mm -hmm. and it does add an element of excitement where you're like, did you hear what so-and-so just did in August? Well, there's an opportunity in September because Taylor signed up. Did you hear what Russell did? Cause Sean just posted up whatever in July. Now there's another quote unquote Grand Prix stop spot. Both gentlemen, if they have to, if they live close enough can even converge on the same competition. So from a fan perspective, I'm not totally against the idea of having and, and if we use Rory's idea meshed with yours, Bill, maybe you, if you expanded on your idea, you would have had what Rory's points anyways. But so the Grand Prix ones are basically, these are local meets where the officiating meets the level and they get quote unquote sanctioned. And it's almost like those six ones specifically become the Grand Prix ones. Show up, they're in every region, spread throughout, everybody knows it. And you can, if you think you kick some major ass in August and you want to rest on your laurels, sit back, be like, look at, I'm a 74 and I hit a whatever total. I'm, I don't think anyone's going to beat that, have at it. Whatever. It, it, it does make it exciting to watch. And other sports do it. And um, you know what? Moving forward, if this COVID situation doesn't completely, if there is a quote unquote new normal, maybe we start seeing some of this start to happen where we start breaking. Maybe it becomes that era of the thousand plus lifters is a thing of the past. Now we have much smaller groupings, but we're spread out. Yeah. It'd be kind of interesting. Like, like world qualifier meets spread throughout the regions and you can make it more regions if you want. So people don't travel as far and you couldn't maybe try and schedule like if like whatever, it's the first qualifier for each region, have them all on the same weekend at the same yeah. time. And so literally everyone's going at the same time. It's harder to know what other people are totaling. And let's say you had like a live stream like this where you had all four regions and you just watch all four platforms. And you got Taylor Atwood and uh, Sean Noriega and Sarah Brenner up here. And you got Jake Amendola down here, Jonathan Garcia. And you got Russell over here. And they're all just going at the same time in different locations. That would yeah, be I, the dream. I, I would be so down for that. <laughs> I, I, so I don't know as a fan if – I know logistically for the, the athletes – and the handlers, um, if it's the same time, I get it. Nobody, quote unquote, has a week to analyze. But as a fan, if you're a sports fan, you don't want to miss games. So you, I know in other sports, when there's games on, like, ah, shit, 
if I want to watch the Chicago Bulls, but damned if the Pistons aren't playing the same night in a different city, you really do want to space it out for viewership wise. If you just want to bring in viewers and sponsors want to milk the shit out of this, you might stagger it for no other reason but that, but you're 100% right in terms of fairness. In the, in the name of fairness, you would do stuff like that. This is where you start getting into another sports toe this line. What's like, I'm a USC fan happens all the time. What's fair for the rankings or what's good for viewership and going to bring in more viewership can yeah. skew who gets title shots. And you're, we might start having to balance that out. But again, this is like desperate times. Like we like, you know what I mean? Like what we're doing right now is a scramble to figure out, you know, what the best thing is to do to make a national team kind of deal for a meet that, you know, possibly won't even happen in, you know, <laughs> in 12 months. So um, I don't think there's going to be a lot of like expert planning in this whole thing of like, Oh, this is the best way to do this because of, you know, we're going to get viewership. And like, if we do this one here in Texas, and this one here, well, it's just going to be like, just fucking go lift and like we've got to figure this out somehow right i mean yeah i mean and who even knows? i mean like so if we use if we use arian's idea of like you know the top totals from each weight class for the year let's say um end up making it i mean ashton might be the 93 and the 105 for the u.s team <laughs> what? well well there you go you, you raise a really good point there look i'm not even if it's not overly if it's somewhat mishmashed but the fans themselves, look, I'll tell you right now, if this is the way they decide it, they say local competitions are going to decide it, right off the fucking hop, I'll tell you, King of Lifts is going to start up a leaderboard, and so is everyone else mentally. And we're going to say, now in the lead for the 93s, and we'll be showing it. Just like rankings and boxing and MMA. And every time a major event happens and the leaderboard gets shifted, King of Lifts is going to be posting, come Monday morning, here's a new look at the leaderboard for all the weight classes. And that's... I'm not against that. I'm a fan. I'm coming from a, uh, a perspective of a fan of MMA and boxing where I'm used to that shit and I love it. And I love checking out the rankings on come Monday and who's in the lead and who's not. So I'm not opposed to those ideas. Um, and I think it's good. And I honestly, I think it's like you said, Bill, it's almost easiest just to be like, here's what we're going to do. We can't guarantee Arnold, but already, we already know, look, and this is not just for us, by the way, we got a lot of people throughout Europe and whatnot listening to these podcasts, you might be leaning towards the same and facing the same thing U.S. is facing. You might, we already have local meets comp competitions happening and some of them are going to get sanctioned for national records because they have national category there. So that's it. We start doing, chalk up the leaderboard, whoever has the biggest, the biggest totals. They're going to have to make this decision soon. 2021 is yeah. coming around. We're already halfway through 2020. It's Especially if there's meets already happening, right? So, like, people are going to know, like, am I just going to the meet just to, you know, have fun yeah. and see my boys and whatever? Or yeah. I'm actually trying to, like, hit that total. And, like, I mean, you know, someone like, you know, Ashton was supposed to compete over the weekend. I guess he couldn't because of, like, some kind of military duty or whatever. But he was, you know, part of that meet. Then he had that one kid, um, what's his name, um, Olivares or whatever down in yeah. Texas. Jesus Olivares. Huge, yeah, like, come on. That's, that's insane. Yeah. Absolute monster. Kid posted up. Uh, now, here's, now, here's the question, though. Here's legit, like. Ray hasn't hit that yet. <laughs> yep. Right? Right? He hit like 937 or something like that at, at Nationals. And this kid, you know, crushes a 985. But this is, where, like, this is where you really do, in all fairness, you raise a good question here. This is where you do have to give somebody like Ray a heads up. Because if Ray's like, hey, look, it, don't fucking tell me 
when I got four months left in the year, you got to turn your life around, start competing, smash big weights, and then compete right. by December. And I got to find a competition. Like you got to give me some notice because if you just if I if I don't know, I don't know. And for well, a guy like Ray, he has football, yeah, you know, like you know, him for instance, you know, he has, right. he's a football coach, right? So he's got football season coming up. And if that even happens, right? I mean, that's August through November where he's like locked up every weekend too. So, and there's a lot of people. Ray was a good example there, but there's a lot of people in Ray's shoes where it's like I need notice to shift shit around in my life. If, if I was gunning towards Raw Nasty, you cancel that, and then I kick things into low gear and start reprioritizing in my life, I start scheduling things, you really gotta give me some notice if this is the way we're gonna swing. Um, but I do think, look, if you just leave it up to me on, on the surface, let's do, let's do these local meets and turn them into Grand Prix, and let's rock and roll, gentlemen. Uh, let's, let's Sorry guys, I, uh, I have to head off, but I don't have too much fun without me. It was nice to chat. Yeah, no worries, my friend. Alrighty, man. No worries. Have a good one, Rory. Thank you for coming in. Fellas, I want to talk about um, there's been some some heavy chatter. We all hear the hear the noise going on in the background. I don't know what can be said officially, so um, because I've heard it in several different sources from around the world. Let's put it that way. There's chatter about it. But let's talk about chatter. Let's be some little gossiping chatty cathies, shall we? Now the women's gone. Now that Rory's gone. Okay, let's let her hair down now that Rory's gone. Okay. Um, the women's division, we're looking at possibility of, and, and, and I'm all for it because I think this is where the talent pool is deepest. 63, 69, 76, or sorry, 72, 76. And then, of course, continue on where they left off with 80, 84, 84 plus. So 63. So there's going to be nine women's divisions now? I believe they're keeping okay. 72. Am I, not, am I wrong in that? Or, or are they going to abolish 72? No, they'd be getting rid of 72 so that it's eight women's oh, wow. weight classes to go with the eight men's weight classes. Okay. So then having said that, what do you guys feel? First off, do you think it's a good idea? Do you think it's a bad idea? And then let's start well, here, talking about it. Here's the first it. thing. Why didn't the women have the same amount of weight classes as the men when they did the split the first time? That's the first thing. It's just, it's asinine that it's, it's actually come to this, but they had to actually say, oh, we have to add an extra woman to well, the team. Here's, here's but now at least there's going to be, so it's at least it's a step in the right direction. Here's what I know. might say to that. Here's what I might say. Uh, let me know what you think. You're they, wrong already, but go ahead. Originally, um, I mean, like years ago, I know when I started powerlifting, like 2007, there was like a fraction of the women powerlifting. So they might've been like, we don't, you don't want to dilute too much of the talent pool. So you show up, there's two girls and it's national level. So they might, I don't know the exact numbers, but I know it was a fraction at the time. Um, and now they might be looking at it like, holy smokes, the women's division is particularly where they want to split that and make two. I think they're choosing pretty appropriately. Like the most stacked talented division I saw at the world's was the 72 kilo class, regardless of men or women. Um, it was just stacked from one to six. As a matter of fact, sixth place is now the IPF world record holder. I mean, it's just crazy, crazy talented. So if you are going to make two-way classes out of one, that probably is the appropriate class I would choose. So do you, what do you guys feel about that, first off? Do you guys think they chose the right weight class to split up, or do you think – what do you think about that? Yeah, they did the right thing. That was the right thing. I mean, I know there's a lot of chatter about them adding a 91 plus possibly or something like that yeah. but i just think that's just sp splitting up a smaller weight class to begin with yeah. so you know going into and taking out uh splitting up like i said one of the higher 
if not the highest volume weight class for the amount of females that are in it makes the most sense for sure and it just so happens that that has a, you know such a deep talent pool that there's still going to be nice battles for whoever goes which way so it's all good yeah what, how do you feel about Ari? yeah i have to i have to agree with you on the the reason for the number of weight classes because in pretty much all weight class sports it kind of started off by yeah what kind of depth you have so you've seen this in like in ufc where they started adding the lower lower men's weight classes and then they were like, should we bring in even women? And once they brought women in, now they've been expanding the women's weight classes. So similar thing for powerlifting. It was probably a lot more men than women when they first started. So they had more men's weight classes. But what has become an issue recently is discrimination based on their sex. So in the U.S., we have Title IX, which is a civil rights law. And so you can't discriminate based on sex. So they said, okay, let's let an extra uh, a female on each national team to at least have the same number of athletes and then let's figure out what should we do about the weight class. So it sounds like now they've taken time and figured out what to do with the weight class. And they decided, yeah, let's take the weight class that has like the most amount of lifters, both in the U.S. and in the world, and kind of where the average world population kind of falls in for women. And let's just split it up into two. Mm -hmm. And if we're splitting that weight class up into two, I have talked. I'm not going to say necessarily what these women, these women aren't saying officially uh, but I think, and I haven't talked to all of them because I don't want to say now and everyone's like, well, that means you talk to them and this is what they're officially saying. But I haven't talked to all of them, but I would, this is what I, I think was going to happen. You guys let me know. I think Leah Bab was probably going to stay 63, and I think Garo is probably going to stay 63. This is my hunch. I know Leah's been talking on Instagram in terms of her story. I think she's more being silly about adding six kilo, living the good life doing her thing, but um, I don't think she has crazy cuts making 63. Who knows? We'll I can see. also see her kind of be like, I want to win 63 first, then I'll bump up. Right. There's unfinished right? business I mean, there. We got yeah. a showdown to come. Her and Gara is one of the biggest showdowns, and, and, and add in Sam Calhoun, who I don't think is going to move up. She doesn't do a whole shitload of cutting for 63. She's gotten big over time because – the more weights you lift, the more muscles you add. So initially she would have absolutely no cutting at all, make 63. Lately, she's been cutting a little bit and she's, she's been on the podcast and talked about it saying, all right, now I'm starting to cut a bit because I'm lifting. The longer you lift weights, the more and more muscle mass adds on. That's a side effect of weightlifting. But I don't think it's at the point where like a jump, six kilo is still six kilo. And I think all three of those ladies are looking at each other like, we got some unfinished business here, don't we? How do you guys yeah, feel I don't about think it? So. I yeah. actually would think that maybe someone like Gara would possibly, you know, stick with 63 for, let's say, classic. And then when she goes to do like equipped worlds, you know, she would do like 69 or something like that. Right. Um, if that's possible for her to, you know, to win those for the Italian team or whatever. But just so she's not having to cut multiple times a year anymore, you know. Something like that would make sense if I was her coach and be like, hey, why don't you try this instead? But who knows? In, ter in terms of the 63, sorry, I'll let you go in one sec, Aaron. In terms of 63, I, I feel like they all have their reason to stay. Gara, I get it. She's already won 63. Why not try to be a double champ? She wants that Jen Thompson bench record. She was on the podcast and she said, A, I want to win and I want to make a bit of a dynasty going. Now, this is when she didn't have a 69 kilo option. I get it. But she said, B, that Jen Thompson bench record is like that home run record in baseball that was long standing. I get it, it wasn't as long running as the whole as baseball, but 
in terms of the record that everyone was thinking, well, nobody's going to touch that. That Jen Thompson bench record just a year and a half ago was like, well, nobody's going to be touching the Jen Thompson bench record. Along comes Gera, and she's like, of all the records, it's easily one of the most popular. You know, in terms of powerlifting's records, it's one of the most highly coveted. There's records, obviously, in every single weight class, but that's one that everybody recognizes and would, and would have thought would be inconceivable. It's a major motivating factor for Gara. So I think Gara's going to stay 63. Sam, for sure, has unfinished business 63. She believes it. Her fan base believes it. I believe it. I mean, she sticks around. It's amount of time. You just got to keep swinging at those, those fast pitches. She's going to connect eventually and hit that home run. And, and then you have Leah Babwa, who's telling herself, fucking broke the IPF total world record. Okay? I'm capable. I just got to put it together on the right day. So I think she's too close. I think all of those girls are too close to pull out. And I also don't think we have a situation where it's like a Jessica Bittner. We'll get to her in a second. Uh, a Jessica Bittner situation where they're, neither one of them are killing themselves to make 63. Even if they're doing a cut, it's a cut. A lot of people cut. It's not comfortable, but it's totally doable. What do you think, Gary? And I'll let you get yeah, your two cents in there. Yeah, for the 63s, I have to agree that at least initially, those, those three are going to want to stay at 63s just because, yeah, how much they're, they're cutting or not cutting and, and the, the chance they have of winning that. Because we're hearing these rumors, but nothing is definitive at minimum until the Congress in November during Open Worlds. If not, if that doesn't happen or something like that, then maybe January 1st, because if, if they announce that the Congress is going to go into place January 1st. So that means in November or January, then they have to decide what they're going to do with their body weight. So can you make that jump from 63 to 69 in that short of a time and close that distance of what the other ladies are totaling? Because let's say someone like uh, from 72 that doesn't cut that much or doesn't cut at all can go down to 69s very easily and total about the same. So can you cover that 20, 30, 40 kilo gap in that short of a time? Or maybe you want to just spend the first year, let me stay 63s. I have a good chance to win this weight class and maybe develop in the future for 69. Mm, yeah. Another interesting thing would be like something with um, the French team. They got a lot of good young 63 females in that team, right? With the juniors and sub juniors they have. Samantha, you so that could be another reason where they're like kind of uh, plea there and say, Hey, someone's got to move up. We got to fill out a team. We have a chance to score more, you know, quote unquote team points. I know a lot of people don't like that, but you know, I know a lot of countries do like it. So it's just another way of getting another person into the, the open possibly would be one of them moving up kind of deal. So, yeah, so you, you might actually on the preliminary nominations, see certain lifters in the 63, 69 and 76. Yeah. And then the team start looking and saying like, Hey, I can move from third to second probably if I go from 63 to 69. Let's make the switch. If not initially, there's going to be some jockeying around definitely in the first year. You see that all the time, not too long ago. Uh, we, we were all around to remember when the IPF changed the weight classes. And initially, there's jockeying around. There's some people that haven't filled out in the new weight classes, some people that haven't got their weight cut right down. They're like, oh, shit, that first – look, I've cut – when I first started cutting – the first few cuts aren't pretty and your performances until you get to three cuts deep and you're like, I got it down to a science. We're rocking and rolling. We're good here. So the first year, yeah, you'll, you'll see, you'll 100% see some jockeying around. I think Bill had a good uh, point there too, where like Samantha Eugene's coming up from the juniors. I get it. She's still a, a sub junior. I think she's turning 18 this year. And then by the time 2021 rolls around, maybe she's a full on junior, but 
on the same token, she does mock meets, looks like to depth squat, looks like she'll be, she's competitive in the open. To Bill's yeah. point, if, t- if I'm Team France and I'm like, you in the open, if this is a possibility now, and if you look at the rest of Team France, um, what they have in terms of 52 kilo, 47 kilo, and all the different weight classes, they're like, they might decide if the weight classes change, I wouldn't mind moving you into the open. I like your chances. We'll see what Leah decides. Or maybe she's the one who goes into 69. Right, she's exactly. a lot taller than Leah. She's a lot taller than Leah, and maybe, maybe it's a lot. And at her age, she's, the, the muscle mass is going to come on a lot more. Leah's probably more mature in terms of how much muscle mass she has on her body. You're not going to – it's the diminishing gains the older you get. Whereas at 17, by the time she's 22, who the frick knows? She's going to be all types of jacked. She keeps lifting the way she's lifting. What do you guys think about the 69 kilo class? Or do you want any more thoughts on the 63? You want to talk about the 69s a little? I was just going to say the only other one I would really mention would be um, Ivana Horna. I think she would probably bump up. I think she um, – w- do you know what she Olympic lifts at by any chance? What, what the weight class ah. is, Arian? I don't know off the top of my head. I know they're fairly similar except they have yeah. like an 87 instead of 84. Yeah, for some reason I yeah like eight, yeah so I, for some reason I think she actually does a decent cut when she competes, um, so I think she might be a candidate to bump up from the sixty threes, but um, other than that I don't think any of the other sixty threes would bump up now. So we can go to the splitting up the seventy twos now if you want. Well, it's, it's a good good segue to go to the sixty nines. And look, Horner was a sixty three kilo world champion and definitely on the right day. And who knows, man? Sometimes when you were you were too small to jump up nine kilo to 72 and you might've been eventually killing yourself to make 63. At one point you're a world champion. You're like, I don't think I could do this anymore. And then all of a sudden the sport breathes new life into you and you're like, wow, okay then 69, <laughs> let's see what happens. So let's talk about the 69s. I'm, I'm thinking, and, and this is only thoughts here. And is going to go down to 69 and I'm thinking pretty strongly about that. Okay. And I think Kimberly is probably, I don't think she has big cuts of 72. I think she's far more likely to go to 69 than go up to 76. So they both, they both pretty much concern. They both, they both pretty much weigh in considerably light for their Mm -hmm. weight classes. So I wouldn't doubt both of them being in that class. And in terms of, we all know that um, Isabella von Weisenberg made an attempt at 63. She didn't make it. But in training, when her body weight was closer to late 60s, 69. there you go, <laughs> still crushing numbers, still look great. As a matter of fact, probably even leaner in 69. So I think she can go from 72 to 69 and still retain quite a bit of strength. So yeah, I would she's on think, my list too, for sure. Yeah, I would say she's going down as well. Um, one of the people that I'm not entirely sure about who looks full well muscle, I don't think she, she cuts a whole heck of a lot. Though, but Angelina from Russia, the current IPF world record holder who breezed over the world record in the European Championships in 2019 and conceivably now is at a kilo on top of that. I'm not entirely sure which way she's going to swing. I could reach out to her for a statement. And for anyone listening, I'm probably going to put together a podcast with some of these ladies to talk on this. But what do you guys think the 69 kilo class looks like? Do you think cutting is possibly going to shake up some people like Kimberly and some people like Anna who, and we might see different performances? No, I think the two of them will be, um, I mean, they've both been doing it for, I mean, they're the super veterans of the, you know, 
that weight class for sure. Um, they're also two of the only one, the, the only two women who ever won multiple weight classes too. So, nice you know, they can kind of go head to head for a, uh, another you know, weight class. person ever to win the third weight class. Right. Uh, <laughs> how picture perfect is that by the way, that the two women, the only two women to win in two different weight classes, a world championship are likely going to shift into a made third and have to fight each other for that title of the first women to cross the line and win three. That, now, you couldn't write. You couldn't write it better. It's perfect. Now, Ryan, before people start commenting on your podcast when it goes up, we're only talking about this world championship. We're not talking about bench worlds. We're not talking about equip worlds. Right. 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 So, classic worlds. Classic yeah. worlds. You're right. Class, thank you for saying that. Let's put that in there because people are going to pull out stats. We're talking classic but right now. But also, Bill, you just set up Ryan for like his perfect live stream commentary and all this hype leading up that. Oh, Kimberly's won the 63s and the 72s. Anna's won the 72s and 84s. They're going to go ahead to get head again in the 69s. So I think it sets up perfectly. And, and Kimberly, if you go look at her old weigh-ins, she was in at 69 and change for a lot of meets for a number of years. And recently now she's up to like 70 and change. So, yeah, I don't think she's cutting weight. And I think this weight class is perfect for her. She, she won the 63s before. She doesn't really cut. She's ready for it. And Anna, again, she does kind of stay light too, especially when it's like world game years where that IPF points comes into play. She wants to be lighter to get those higher points and world games is coming up. It was supposed to be next year. It got pushed back to 2022, but I think it's even more motivation for her to just stay at that 69 for both raw equipped and then the world games. And, um, and I believe you also believe everyone on the same page here where Isabella probably shouldn't have a major struggle seeing how she cut plenty more than that. I know she didn't make 63, but while still in the late 60 kilo range, looking phenomenal still in the gym and probably should be okay with that. We're assuming. I would assume so. Yeah. Um, but obviously she's had some difficulties with her cuts and whatever going on for the last couple of years. And right. so who knows what she decides to do. I mean, she could just be like, let me just bulk up and get, you know, and go for a, you know, 220 squat at, <laughs> you know, 76 or whatever. We forgot. She, you know. she, she could be, who knows. She could be one that like kind of plays it out because, like you said, there was basically six women uh, battling it out. So we're saying Kimberly and Anna are going to go down. Maybe the other four go up, or maybe Isabella looks and sees, okay, there's these people here, there's these people there. I'll go to this one. And let's be honest here for a second, if we may, gentlemen. Kimberly, Kimberly has been flawless at the World Championships. I think she's pro she's the goat. Okay, she she just does not lose whether it's nationals. Whether U.S. Raw Nationals or at the world scene, I mean, her big game performances, so to speak, she's like the Jordan of, of the classic. Yeah, give me the ball at the end of the game. Put it in my hands. Put it, <laughs> it up and, and, and it's and done. Yeah, that's right. And that you put the you load up the dead, and she's going to hit it every time, just like you give her the last shot. Yeah. Um, having said that, though, since the last Worlds, like she's born in '78, and time is as as good as she is, as undefeated as she is, time is undefeated, and I say this with all due respect, eventually she's going to she's going to have to meet her Waterloo as well. Eventually that's going to happen. Since the, since the world championships, Angelina at Europeans had a, had a remarkable performance and, and well, actually let me back it up a stitch before that. Even at the Pan Am championships, Anna Rosa Castellane put together a remarkable performance, broke the world record um, and not by a heck of a lot chipped it, but I believe she also lifted equipped at the same championship, which is 
Ridiculous to wrap my head around that. You're going to break Kimberly's total world record, having already lifted previous to that. Phenomenal. And she will, she's seven years younger than Kimberly. She's a grizzly veteran, but she started a little younger. So she's not quite as long in the tooth, but we'll have that showdown. Then a couple short months after that at the European Championship, Angelina didn't smash the world record greatly. You never really do. You load the bar with what you need to take the world record and make your statement, but looked so comfortable in doing so. And that's what really scared a lot of people. A lot of people walked away saying she loaded the bar with what she needed to, to take the world record, but it looked like she had quite a bit more to tank. It wasn't overly pushed at that championship with all due respect to the other ladies there. Whereas when you're pushing, you're like, what do I need to win? Load the bar. You're coming out here. Your coaches are slapping you in your face. Let's rock and roll. She was a lot, she, she had a lot looser of a competition in terms of that. So it looked like she had a lot left in the tank there. And then on top of that, let's move forward to Canada's daughter, Jessica Bittner, who at the Canadian National Championship, and I realized it wasn't Pan Ams, which is international judging, wasn't the World Championships, which Kimberly did, international judging, wasn't European Championships, international judging. But CPU, the Canadian Nationals had, are pretty stingy. People say CPU bench pauses for a reason. I can't believe it. And uh, in terms of depth and whatnot, it's pretty good. I'm not saying it's a world record. I get it's unofficial, but 565 took what conceivably was pre it almost took it by 20 kilo in terms of the world record so what do you guys think it really we don't know which way angelina is going to swing with this if she's going to go 69 and says i if if kimberly goes 69 i will chase and i will give chase down to 69 if she says all right you know what i wasn't i wasn't even majorly struggling for 60 for 72 pardon me the 76 i can live the good life i'm gonna get stronger and I'm not afraid of Jessica because I think we all know Jessica's not making 69. What do you think? Not. What do you think? <laughs> she, she damn near has to chop fingers off to make 72. Right. What do you guys think in terms of before, before we leave away the 69s, um, what are your thoughts on everything I just said in terms of the world record of getting batted around and whatnot? Do you think it's still anybody's game? I think it's too close to call in terms of 69 between Kimberly and, and Anna, and I really want to see that showdown. Any meet that Kimberly's at, she wins. <laughs> right? I mean, just that's, that's, that's the, the pure facts of it right there. Every meet that she goes to and competes in, she wins. So it's not a conversation until it happens until she loses, right? I mean, basically, yeah. is that's kind of the way I look at it. It doesn't matter you set the world record here, set the world record there. You didn't have the champ sitting there next to you, staring at you, you know, making you shaking your boots before you go out there and squat. Right. And you, you just can't leisurely pick your attempts when she's not there. Right. When she's there, now you got the pressure on. If you miss one, oh, no, love. Now I get to deadlift less on my third deadlift because mm -hmm. you know you're just taking kilos off my deadlift every time you miss. And it becomes, we know this, and I'm talking to two game day coaches, and I know you guys know this as well. History is also the greatest predictor of the future. And like you said, she's never lost. But there, there will be some people looking at saying she's going to be 42. There's got to be a point at some point. Now, we're two ways out. Let's see. It took, it took Oleg 17 years, right? <laughs> What's that? So, oh, uh, Jaroslav, you're right. It took Oleg 17 years, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. So maybe we got another uh, 12 years for Kim, Kimberly. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> wow, wow, baby. Um, and we will have to see. Hopefully, hopefully the ladies that we mentioned compete sometime this year and we get a little bit of an indicator where we're at. It's not entirely the same when you, when, when you go face to face, but hopefully we get a little bit more anyways. Um, all right, so let's take a look at possibly the 76s then. Yeah, Jessica, I think that... Go ahead, Aaron. I was just, just going to say, because you had mentioned Angelina and Jessica, I was looking at some of Angelina's uh, weigh-ins, and back in 2016, she was actually in 84, but she was weighing in like 73, 74. So then she went down to the 72s. But looking at her most recent competitions from Euros and Russia, she was 71.95 and 72.00. Oh, wow. So she she must be cutting and, and she's like right on the line. So she's probably going to love that 76 because she's not going to have to cut it all or, or maybe very little. And then that's also going to help boost up her total. So she, she might be like, oh, well, Jess is doing 560 and I'm only doing 540. But if I don't have to cut and I can bulk up that four kilos, then maybe I'll be at 562. Like I said, that 543 and a half, I think it was, was comfortable, fairly breezy. Most people who saw it said if she wasn't chasing the world record and it was more just a max day, she would have went into the 550s. And then that was in October 2019. Jess was March 2020. So she's probably looking at, yeah, and guess what? Six months, I was 550 in, in October. By March, I was probably 555, 560. We're talking within 510 kilos of each other. So conceivably yeah they could be a lot tighter than even those numbers indicate what are your thoughts bill i think you might have a 600 kilo lifter bopping down to the 76s i think right. that's what my <laughs> let's you so. know what the, I, you, you, we can't have discussion without the, with the american coaches without bringing in at least one of the american stars and and you're 100 right i think we're all we all know who we're talking about daniela Mello and a lot of people who saw the 84 kilo clash at nationals at world championships it was such a good clash right down literally down to the last deadlift hint of controversy some back and forth in terms of the momentum it had all the ingredients you know uh, and then so when it finishes like that you want an encore everybody was encore sheffield was going to be the encore the poster with those two head to head and then the question in the caption being Ready for round two? Not a fucking person in the house said, no, thank you. Okay? <laughs> Everybody's like, yes, round two. However, having said that, for a long time, Danny's been flirting with the idea of 72. That's a big drop. You know, we're talking, um, that's 12 kilo, which uh, in freedom units, we're talking close to 25 pounds. And while, you know, you, you, it's, it's probably can be done. The amount of strength that can be retained in terms of performance on the platform it would have been anybody's guess. I mean, that's, that's a huge ask in terms of body weight, in terms of percentage of body weight to lose 25 pounds like that on a young lady. To say you're going to squat, like if you could carry your numbers down, great, but it would be tough. 76 kilo. We're talking a lot more realistic, aren't we, gentlemen? Yeah, it seems that way. And I mean, and who's saying Amanda wouldn't try to do it either? I mean, honestly, I, mean, I haven't talked to either of them about it. I'm just assuming that, you know, that allure of being like, you know what, I can be a two-time, two-way class champ champ. Yeah. What, you know, why would they not want to try to challenge their bodies and push themselves to do that? Right. That's, I mean, that's kind of the way I was thinking of it. So, I mean, I think Danny, like you said, has hinted at the weight cut before, I believe. But, I mean, I don't see why Amanda wouldn't think about doing the same thing herself. Be like, hey, listen, I, I already have the world record of this weight class. Why not go for a different one? 
you know, I was, because my initial, and you're 100% right, my initial thinking on that was, because, you know, it's the old, uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, you get to, you're there, but you're right in that, if, if Amanda says, look at if the party is now at 76, because everyone wants to be a part of the big showdown, in the 2019 World Championships, she had one of the most heavily anticipated showdowns, in terms of one-on-one -on -one showdowns, the 72, in terms of depth, was better, but in terms of the one-on-one -on -one showdowns, those girls were like literally back and forth, swinging a momentum right down to the last dead. It, it had all the ingredients and everyone wanted an encore. And if she tells herself, look, if, if Danny leaves 84 and it's going to be a walkover I, and nobody really cares, we're like, well, Amanda's, Amanda's obviously got this. And I'm just what? I'm just chipping my records now and, and my viewership goes down and no one, I'm not on posters anymore. I'm not. We're going to skip through the analysis. You know, on the preview show, we're going to be like, well, we all know who's going to win 84, so let's move on to – like, nobody wants that. And now that she's got a taste of the showdowns, and she's talked about it. We've talked about before if Jessica was moved to 84 because Jessica's been saying making 72 is getting harder and harder. And she's like, well, I would obviously welcome her because I, I would love a showdown. Everyone loves Jessica. She's a fan of Jessica as well. Um, but in terms of sporting rivalries, you need a rival. You need a dance partner. If her chief dance partner moves down to 76, and then, oh, on top of that, Jessica's moving to 76. Oh, on top of that, you got Angelina from a whole nother region. Now we have people in the 76 is starting to get as attractive as the 72s were. And Amanda's like, why would I not want to be a part of that party? If I win the 76s, I'm, I'm an absolute star. You know, that's, there's a huge difference when you win a star-studded class and when you win a walkover. And, and we've all talked about this. Uh, on the podcast and in our group chat, when it's kind of like, and everyone knows, it's kind of like, well, if the competition is not deep, it's kind of boring. So I think, I think Bill makes a good point where even Amanda might come down, even though, even though ordinarily I would say, if you had the chance, why would you walk away from the title? What do you think, Arian? Uh, I mean, personally, I, I wouldn't go for that. I mean, it would be interesting if you had, like, in the 69s, you had Kimberly, Anna, and Isabella. And then in the 76s, you had Jess, Angelina, and then, let's say, Danny. And then, yeah, and then Amanda's in the, in the 84s all by herself. There's a big gap and stuff, and you know she's going to win. Uh, but I, I would go with that. I mean, uh, like you said, if you're, you're the champ, then why change it? And I would even say for Danny, she should stay because they both have the same total. We, people are like assuming that like Amanda's like gone so far away and Danny's never going to catch up. They both have the same total. Danny can come back, be there at nationals, go to world, win world, and everyone will be on the Danny hype train. So I would say they should both stay 84s. The, the other thing to factor in is that you might want to go to where it's more competitive or where you might get more viewership publicity. But then what if you lose nationals and you're like, you're, you're forgotten and that your nationals is your gateway to worlds. And also, if you're sponsored by someone like SPD, you're getting prize money for winning and setting records and all that stuff like that. So why not win nationals, go win worlds, break all the world records, win a bunch of money? It is high risk, high reward. And you guys both make them. I'm glad you guys are on here. You make amazing oh, counterpoints. You want a showdown. How about Amanda and Danny both go up, and then we'll have nationals. So we'll have Bonica, Sarah, Mihaela, uh, Danny, and... Uh, Amanda. Amanda, and you have the five biggest totals in the IPF in the uh, women's 84 plus going head to head. That's mm -hmm. a showdown. I think if I, I'm, you're right, 100% is a showdown. 
I don't think they're they're as likely to go up as they are to go down. No, of course not. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but that again, that would be the five best lifters in that weight class in the world at our national championship. That'd be pretty good. Look, at, there was talk that um, at Sheffield, because weight classes wouldn't have mattered anymore, that possibly Amanda could say, look, at, if weight classes don't matter, I might just say I'm coming in whenever I'm coming in, and I'm going to try to get the biggest possible squat and just let it rumble and yeah. see what with a good peaking it could be. Now, I mean, 600 is probably a little bit big of an ass, but at her age, she's still, she's still a junior. Am I wrong in saying that? Yeah, no, she, she's she 21. Maybe this year she's still a junior, I believe. Yeah, right. Yeah, she's 21, yeah 97. So, I mean, it's completely conceivable within the next few years, at least at some point, it within range is going to add on some kilos onto that squat. But yeah. um, we're, we're slightly ahead of ourselves. So, do you think? I mean, I look at we just look. I got talk, Bill talked me into why doesn't Amanda Lawrence go to 76? And I'm like. It makes all the sense in the world, Bill. And then here comes Arian, and he makes all the sense in the world as well. And now I'm conflicted because damned if you do, damned if you don't. It is one of those – you're right. And here's the thing, too. Not only just Worlds is on, is on the table when, when we're talking about this now, but now there's money. And you could win the 76s, but if you're – you know, if, if it could mess up – the formula in terms of possibly winning money at the end of the day as well. I don't, I'm sure Bill could counter argue and say, sure. But when Sheffield rolls around, weigh whatever the fuck you want, go back to 84, drop down for a nice showdown, become, become the darling of powerlifting. Yeah, but you got to get, you got to get the Sheffield. Yeah. Like you, was saying you, before, you got to get there. You, you got to get there. And in these, in these previous years where they added the extra female squat, but there wasn't an extra female weight class, we just took an extra person from wherever was going to be the highest scoring for us. So maybe we had 284s then. Yeah. But going forward, now you're going to have the new weight class, and it's only going to be the national champions that get the automatic invite. So if you come second place, you have to hope one of the national champions declines. And less likely to decline these days because more and more people want to go to Worlds, it's more prestige. SPD USA is going to sponsor you, pay for your, your travel, so you don't have to worry about that expense anymore. So – you go down to 76, you get second place, you're done. Right. And, and, and I'm not entirely sure. I mean, look, we talk about dropping from 84 to 76. Surely it's a, a lot smaller drop than 72, but eight kilo is still eight kilo. Your performance will, will be impacted. Um, I mean, especially when it comes down to both these ladies have big squats. And there's nothing like being a smaller human being and getting underneath that squat bar. Yeah, and I think that that's a mental part of it too. It's one, you have to go through the physical cut, whether it's through a caloric deficit or through cardio. But then the other thing is you have to watch your total go down. No one likes to see their total go down. So now you went from a 613 total to a 600 total, 570 total, 550 total. What if you can win the 76s with a 550 total? But just that mental aspect of going down, you might stop and say, no, I'm not doing this. Oh, it, it 100% plays with you. Um, I've, I've been there when you start making the, that cut. And if your total starts coming down, like sometimes it balances out, sometimes it goes back up after you've adjusted, but it, it and you don't have a lot of time. If you're going to do it properly, you have to commit. If this thing goes through in January and you have to start qualifying before fall, that is not a lot of time to drop eight kilo rebound, get your strength back on point, find a competition, qualify, or even just get ready for nationals. Is there anybody who's a 72 
that we're not thinking about, even domestically, that has had the door shut on them and they haven't been able to get in there, that you think might move to a 76? Like, off the top of my head, I think a Kristen Dunsmore will probably nestle into a 69 because she was a 63, moved up to a 72. I think she would be more likely to go to 69. Just looking domestically for the... Jasmine will be a badass uh, at 69, I think. Do you think she's facing? Yeah, because she was a 63 as well. That's right. Yeah, I mean, she usually floats around, you know, 70 kilos anyway, from what I understand. So yeah. I don't see her having a heart of a cut. Um, what about Chloe Dublin? Is she? I think Chloe had a rough cut at Nationals, I believe, but I don't, I don't normally think she has a rough cut. But um, again, I mean, they're both, I mean, her and Jasmine are still young. I mean, Chloe's still, you know, is she 21 now? Forgot. I think she just turned yeah. 21, maybe. She so, I mean, she's young, definitely yeah. still growing, still getting stronger, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. So, she could fill into the 76s, I think, pretty well, for sure. I think those two are the ones that I really have to think about it because, like, for the U.S., unfortunately, our 72 class has gotten a little bit weaker. We lost, like, Kimberly and Madeline Scott to USBI. Kristen Dunsmore was hurt going into Worlds. It's still, like, recovering. So, her numbers are down a little bit. So, then we're left with Chloe and Jasmine. So now they have to decide, well, do I go 6'9"? What if the other person goes 6'9"? Or should I go 76? But what if the other person goes, like, maybe they should just talk to each other and be like, okay, I'll go 70, uh, 76, you go 69, and we'll both win. Dude, not to be, not to, not to back out of a good show now, but I would, if I was one of them, I would at least be like, tell my coach, why don't you reach out to her coach? <laughs> Why you? Why ask her if she plans on having a good time this get, Christmas? Just get out. Her, live your good life. Get out. Lockdown. Let's get our lawyers involved. We'll get our lawyers involved. Figure out who's going where. Life lockdown's <laughs> over. Live the life. You don't want to cut. What are you talking about? You look great when you got a little heavier. A little extra body weight feels good under the bar. Yeah. No. It, it is. Um. With with a couple of those ladies, the more established lifters initially anyways the older lifters on years i should say in the 72s opened up the door for the juniors this year chloe stepped up jasmine stepped up both of them had banner years in 2019 and it kind of gave them some light there and man their their totals are, are big especially for the rage now chloe had a little lower total but she's posted a 519 and she was posted that i believe at like 20 years old which is ridiculous for a 20 year old to be posting 519 Completely conceivable that she could jack that bad boy up and stay as long as she doesn't lose too much strength at 69. I don't think um, – I had her on the podcast, and I don't think usually she has too harsh of a cut. I think she could probably make 69 kilo, but um, it all depends. But you do know, you want to, too? That's the whole thing, right? right do you want why, to? <laughs> why? Like, if, if Amanda Lawrence and Danny both stay 84 – it kind of looks like the 76 is is wide open if you're lifting in the U.S., doesn't it? Yeah, so if I had to take a guess, what I would think would happen most likely would be Jasmine would go 69. So it's like you said, she was a 63 and she doesn't really have to cut. Chloe might then go up to 76 because maybe she has done some cuts to 72s and she doesn't have to worry about it. She could put on more muscle, build up that bench press. And then the other person who's been bouncing between the two is Ayla Thurston, who's been one of our junior lifters. And we actually moved yeah, her up. Actually, before. She would be really good at, yeah. Yeah, we moved her up from 72s to 84s to increase her placing at world to get more points. So she's been wanting to go back down to 72s. So this mm -hmm. can be like, okay, let's go back down to 76s. And if Chloe or Jasmine's there, she battles out with them. If they both go 69s, then it's for hers to take. Right. Yeah, that'd be perfect for Ayla, actually. That's a good call. I didn't think about her. 
Yeah, and 84 junior net world champ, so and she's been wanting to go back down. Perfect setup. And um, if I may, well, looking looking right now, I I think the biggest total we would see out of these people would be Jessica Bittner's 565. Is that right? Is she in the lead right now in terms of the possible contenders? Because we unless, don't know. Unless, Dan, unless Danny or Amanda comes down, I mean, they're I over a, 600. Right. I was about to say, and that's only because, like, in terms, like, I'm just taking totals well, that are actually. Jessica has the biggest total ever in the 72. So, of course, she's going to, I mean, like, you're saying but, it like it's, like, surprising. Like, oh, my God, Jessica. Has, yeah, of course we know that. I mean, is that a loaded question, record, gentlemen? But, but, gentlemen, but am I, I loading up these questions? Am I loading here? But, Ryan, I was kind of thinking when Bill said the whole, oh, we might see a 600-kilo total in the 76-kilo weight class, the first name that came to my mind is Jess, because if she can do 562.5 is what I'm seeing in the 72s, with those crazy of a cuts, she posts her body weight, and, and people see it, and people are like, yo, she's not going to make it. She's not going to make it. She makes every time, and she crushes every time. So now you have four kilos less to worry about. Her total might shoot up. She might do 575, 585, 600 one day. Who knows? Uh, look at that. You don't got to convince me, brother. <laughs> <laughs> you don't got to convince me. But, no, I, she was on the podcast and talked about – what she did to make the Canadian national 72 kilo class, she was murdering herself. Like it was, the cuts have been getting tougher and tougher. 69 kilo is entirely out of the option. It's not even an option. It's entirely out of the possibility. Um, 72 would have been on the table because she wanted to take a world title before she left. And she was willing to do at least one more, give it a go. Right. And see how she felt. But with 76, if she doesn't kill herself at all, comes in there healthy, I don't even know. She, she might, she'll still cut a little, but because she walks around, I believe, in the late 70s. But I think in terms of the 76-kilo class, of all the ladies we mentioned, we mentioned some people bulking up. We mentioned some people cutting down. But totally unbiased here, believe it or not, I think Jessica's the one that literally walks around just appropriately over the 76 kilo class already with no bulking up, no cutting down. I believe she walks around around 78 to 79 kilo, which is a two, two, two and a half kilo cut shredded already ready to rock and roll at her optimum weight. So she's almost, this is like a class ready made for her. And then with her, what she's already posted up, it feels like she's going to nestle in there, you know, conceivably the most comfortable, but this is powerlifting, man. Things get shaken up every year. You know, it doesn't take – it's six months everything changes. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. she, she must be loving it. Like, hey, I have to only do a two-kilo cut, and oh, it's, it's going to be – Yeah, it's, it's going to feel great for her. her now. And then maybe I mean, after trying it out, like her first time competing at 76, maybe feeling it out, maybe she'll slowly bump up that body weight. What if I go to 80, right. put on more muscle – get a stronger squat and bench, and then cut down to 76. I've se look, I've seen her at 80 kilo. I swear to God, I shit you not, she's got abs. 80 <laughs> kilo, my friend, shit you not, she's got abs. If she's cut, I've seen her at 80 kilo, just jacked, and uh, making 72 kilos still. When it comes time, she'll reduce the body weight before she does the water cut, but in the off season, she'll be floating around 80 kilo. If she's now like, you know what, I'm going to stay 80 kilo, and I'm going to walk no. in at 76. Yeah, dude, she's gone from like 77 no, to no, 72. No, 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 I believe you. What I'm saying is that 
who's gonna who's gonna say that? Oh yeah, let me just make the easier way. No, I know I can cut eight kilos. So why the hell aren't why am I not gonna gain some more weight? Yeah, how how big do you think she would get for seventy six? She'll be eight kilos over her body over the. Do you the think? Class. Oh my so she'll god! Be what do you think? So I don't know if she will because she kills herself. Crazy, she doesn't already now. Uh, do you, did, she does it now because 84 kilo was uh, such a stretch. I think she prefer to not make as big a cut. No, of I course not. But when she's like, shit, I can squat, you know. Right. What, it gets enticing. Pounds, I mean, whatever. You know, I can deadlift 600 pounds at 76. Well, yeah, guess what? I mean, I mean, I mean it, it depends. It also depends on how easy it is for her to gain weight and if she like sells at certain weights because your body will naturally set up certain body weights. And so it might be harder and harder to push herself up into 81 or 82, 83, however far she wants to go. So she might not I mean, want to do it. She's got, I mean, her frame, she could definitely pack on some weight, I think. How much sure. Because she's how built like a, done? yeah, she's built like a, like a, an Olympic athlete or whatever. Yeah, no, for know. sure. She's yeah. A-level athlete. She's the tip of the spear in terms of athletics, for sure. Right. She's got no fat at all. So she even, it'd be laws of diminishing gains if she was like, you know what, the weight cut's getting tougher, but. The, the gains off the body weight is starting to slow down a little bit. It, there'll be some playing around. But Bill's right. Look it. She hates the cut. And every time it rolls around, it's like, oh, my God, I don't want to do this. However, how fucking tempting is it when it's like, oh, my God, Jessica, could you do this? Oh, my God, could you do that? And all of a sudden, the ball's rolling and the momentum is, I could just keep getting, ah, let's go low. Let's go kilo heavier this year then. Maybe not initially, but after next year rolls around. Let's see if I could cut a kilo more and where does the strength go with a kilo more of Jessica around? And then all of a sudden, holy shit, five years from now, she's cutting eight kilo again. She's like, ah, I got away from me, but my God, I'm, I'm crushing numbers. And, and I'm, you know, it is tempting. But we're here, look at we're here. It's a big a bit of an ego boost for sure. And eventually you need room to grow. You need to give yourself room to improve off of. And the easiest way for any lifter to improve is throwing a little more body weight. It's, it's, it's almost always that mandate. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, the elite of the elite do what they have to do to stay elite or get, you know, bigger, stronger, faster, whatever it is. Right. So if you're giving her a leeway of four kilos, if you're getting anybody a leeway of four kilos, right, you're going to gain that probably on the other end. So you, because you know, shit, I, can, I know I can cut seven kilos. So why wouldn't yeah. I get up to, you know, 83 kilos? That's if, just the way I look at it. It's like you're going to take your advantages when you can. If not initially, you're right, though. If she starts feeling what, – what, let's say initially she doesn't. She's like, I don't know if I have to initially. And then all of a sudden you hit a bit of a plateau. What's the first thing you're going to do? You're going to throw a little kilo on there because you know you can. What's the first thing you'll do if you plateau and you know you can make a cut? Of course. And not only that, um, if she was already cutting eight kilo – Eight kilo on a body, a bigger body weight is a smaller percentage. So percentage wise, it's still an easier cut. The That's bigger right, you right. are, there should be nine kilos. I cut nine kilos now, so get down to eighty-five. Chicken's <laughs> <laughs> coming in. <laughs> wow. I could see over time, like you're saying, maybe after a few years and stuff like that, she could test it out because maybe she wants to initially test out what can she hit at seventy-six, cutting from let's say seventy-eight, seventy-nine. Then maybe okay, what can I cut from seventy-nine, eighty? But then maybe after enough years, she wants to maybe go up to 84 kilo class, which she's been, she was thinking about before. So maybe she'll be like walking around, let's say 81 and compete as an 84 and see what she can total and see if maybe it's worth it then transition to 84 after a number of years. Well, here's the thing too. It, it, 
it might come down to who she feels that she's being threatened by. Like if, if everyone that populates the 76 kilo class or 72 is moving up, she's going to be like, I'm probably going to be bigger than all these girls, regardless if I come from 80 kilo, it's a four kilo cut. I'll probably have a sizable size advantage. I see them coming, so to speak. Right. And I've, I've got the biggest total in the 72 kilo class. So I like my position I'm in. However, if Danny or Amanda decide to come down all of a sudden, and they're bigger human beings, all of a sudden she'll be like, Oh shit. I'm not sure. Maybe I should meet them on body weight. Maybe if they're cutting from 80 to 80, whatever, maybe I got to do the same. Maybe I got to start, you know, and, and it depends on where her threats are coming from and how threatened she feels if she thinks she's got to, because there's nothing like a little bit of nervous energy to make you second guess, to make you, the first thing you tell yourself is I want to be bigger and stronger. That, that's why people cut. You know, is I want to be bigger and stronger. If someone we're bigger and stronger, about, like, we're not talking about Canadian nationals and worlds anymore either. We're talking about legitimate money to be made at a Sheffield type event, or you know, Sheffield event. Mm -hmm. So I mean, if you're saying like, listen, you got to do what you can do, and you can win fifty thousand dollars or whatever it is, like, you know what I mean? That's the more than a lot of people make in a year, for God's sakes. If you yeah. can do something like that, um, yeah. so that's going to kind of push people to do that kind of stuff, bigger cuts and not, you know, and who knows where the formula, I mean, I haven't played with the really the new formula yet, but where that sits with the 76 class, as opposed to the 84 class, as opposed to the 69 class, what kind of that will favor for the best lifter kind of thing. Yeah. You make a good point. Previously, she was cutting eight kilo for free. What she, what she willing to do right. for 20 <laughs> for 20 to 30,000 on the table. Makes it <laughs> <laughs> it's things are gonna get dicey <laughs> things are gonna get dicey even if there isn't a weight class you're just you're gonna cut um you're gonna do whatever you can to jack yeah. it up I, I think the biggest if there's gonna be any all i think all the weight classes gain i, th I think the 63s for now at least resemble if there's any 63 juniors that would have been a 63 but now go 69 i think like a samantha eugene uh, Billy, you were saying France might see something like that's probably a Smith Eugene if we're looking that direction. That's where maybe that weight class loses. But beyond that, for the current at least, I see no negative. I see just positive. It's good. Um, the only negative for me would be the 84s if they end up losing. Just, so yeah, I was if they just end about up losing somebody from that. You know, whether it be a Danny or an Amanda, and then you know, obviously the 60, the 76 would gain and be a you know a great class if it was you know Jess and Angelina and you know, one of the 84s and you know, Chloe and whoever else. But um, yeah, but then if you're talking about a one, one woman show in the 84s, either be Danny or Amanda, then that's no fun either. But that's a tough one. You know, I would, it is I what was, it is. I was just about to say, so I could see 63s, the three-headed monster there, beautiful showdown. They, like I honestly flip a coin, any one of those ladies could win it. 69, the, the Kimberly and Anna got, got history together in terms of clashing. And they, they got unfinished business. I like it because you have the defending world champion. Then Anna comes around and chips the record. And they're both seasoned veterans and whatever. It's a, they're good. And then you throw in Isabella Mom Weisenberg, who's like, look, I'm a good over a decade younger than some of these ladies. My time will come at eventually. So it's entertaining anyways. And I'm, about, I'm not quite as hyped as the 63s, but pretty flipping hype for the 69s. So it works for me and I'm happy. 76s, 
my God, if we're talking the showdown between Angelina and, and Jessica, it's going to be deep. I'm just seeing what the question mark around what 82 kilo Jessica does when she comes in cutting is enough intrigue for people to be like, holy smoke, she did 565 or 562 and a half at 72 kilo, an 82 kilo Jessica, wow. And then add the spice of an 84 dropping down. If it's Amanda, if it's Danny, and then you've got Angelina going full on 76. You've got Jessica going full 76. And let's throw in a Chloe. 76 might be my new favorite weight class. And then, the, like you said, I think the only one who might take a hit is the 84s. I say might because both of these girls might not want to make that cut. They might look at each other and say, you know, if Amanda goes down, does Danny say, look, do I, do I kill myself? To, I don't know if it's kill myself to make 76, but you got to sacrifice. Do I sacrifice myself my, to make 76 or do I take my win? Nationals, take my win world. See you guys in Sheffield. See what happens at Sheffield. And maybe there I make some sacrifices and try for money. Or does Amanda say, you know what? I'm thinking the same lines. And do they both say, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just battle it out at 84 all over again. That's one of the question marks. I'm not sure. The only possible division that could take a hit, I think, is 84. You agree with that, Arian? Or am I, am I looking past something? I mean, it's certainly a possibility that if one of them went down, that, that, that could happen. And, of course, that would basically uh, take away all the hype of that weight class. I just personally think that they both shouldn't. And so I think that they both won't. And that we will continue to see that battle. So I think it'll, it'll stay the same. And, and who knows, maybe over time – we're going to see some other people, like, like you said, this juniors or sub-juniors aging up and growing, coming into that. And you're always going to get new people in the sport with crazy totals. Who knows someone else is going to come out who's an 84 who puts up a 600-kilo total? Uh, there, there's no question that um, like every year we see freak athletes emerge on both the men's and women's. And when you add a new weight class, all of a sudden people that previously were juniors thinking, ah, fuck, I don't have much hope. 14, or sorry. 12 kilo is a ridiculous amount of a jump between weight classes. 25 pounds. If you were a tweener, you're in between both of those, and you're like, I cannot cut the 72. But also, I am far too small for an 84. And if you're in the middle of a 25-pound gap, a 12-kilo gap, for sure there's a cluster of these ladies out there. And if you're a junior, sub-junior, even your attention towards powerlifting, if you're basically destined – to, to be one of those in-betweeners, you're like, I don't know, maybe this isn't entirely for me. Now, give us a year or two. I 100% believe we're going to see new stars emerge, especially in a sport like powerlifting, where that's no big deal for us, in the already made set weight classes. Throw a weight class like that in there, I guarantee you some people are going to emerge in the 76s that we don't see right now. Another thing we actually didn't even discuss, and I mean, I don't know what her health is like as far as competing, but... Um... Jennifer Thompson? Well, I was going to mention, she, she might go after that 69-kilo bench yeah. world record. I mean, oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I could see that. I mean, she bench what? She could probably bench, what, over 150 at that weight easily? Uh, easily. Like, yeah, yeah no problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? but, we're uh, talking about Jed, yeah. Yeah, but again, I don't know what her health status is, but, I mean, she's totaled over 500 kilos at 60, 63. And if you're talking, like, you know, Jasmine and Chloe are in the low 500s at 72 – and they're going to be cutting weight to 69 and, and JT would get a chance to, you know, gain a little weight or not cut at all or whatever. 
again, I don't know the status of her health, but you know. Let me tell you something. Look it. There's not nothing, a bad yeah, idea. If you've got an old warrior like Jen Thompson, and uh, there's nothing like cutting weight when you have to cut out some nutrition if you're dealing with anything. Um, it, it, the, the old injuries come out when you're cutting and, and not eating as much, or if you got to diet down or cut water, whatever you have to do to make it. But if you tell someone like Jen Thompson, let me breathe some new life in you for a second here. What happens if I told you you can gain six kilo to smash some assistance, raise up your calories, live the good life, bulk up your bench. Your bench is greatly impacted by your body weight. Everybody knows that for everybody. You can go up, be as big as you want, because you probably aren't even going to fill out 69 kilo. <laughs> Let's just see what happens. Yeah, I was definitely thinking of, of her for the bench, but yeah, I mean, it could be for the total as well. The two other names that I was thinking maybe not, not immediately, but maybe later on that could maybe go switch and test out that 69 kilo class are Jennifer Milliken and Megan Scanlon. Because Jennifer Milliken has done 57s and 63s, and one time at the Arnold, she weighed in 65 because she didn't want to cut down. Uh, so she's tossed around the idea of which weight class she wants to do. Maybe she'll test out the 69 to just see, hey, if I just go in at 65 or 66 with a big squat, and see what we can do. Maybe she'll be competitive if there aren't that many other 69s. And Megan Scanlon, again, 57 and 63. She's uh, having a baby right now. Who knows after the baby how much she's going to get back to training, what her body weight's at. Maybe new 69 will be a brand new weight class for her. Yeah. No, you're right. Oh, fuck. We didn't even think about that. There's a triple champion right there as well. She won. No, she didn't win 63 yet. Sorry. Excuse me. Pardon me. Um, she won 57 kilo and obviously was best lifter in Belarus and then um, moved up to 63. It is, it is we're start, starting to skip some jumps, but if she's just like, fuck it, let's just have some fun. Let's see what happens. I got nothing <laughs> to lose. I've already won world titles. I've already won best lifter. And lastly, I do want to touch up on, Bill brought it up briefly, but I also heard discussion on this, so it's worth a talk. Um, there was a bit of discussion on why not do a 93 uh, kilo class for women. It is true, a jump between... 84 and then the top end of women can be so much far above that so i 100 get it anybody looking at it in terms of you know because i talked to a couple people behind the scenes um uh, different coaches as well and they said look at i've i've handled lifters who were 84 plus they were too big to make 84 but they were giving up such a size on some of the ladies they're going against it was like handling someone a david to fight goliath and you're in this corner and you're like, you better fucking just, you got to pray for a miracle, right? Um, so there was some talk there and, and this individual, a pretty big coach was like, you know, I could see why maybe a 92 or a 93 kilo class would have been nice in there. But then I had that conversation where I'm like, look, it, I get that there was a major gap between 84 and the individuals we see meddling at national and world level. However, I don't think the depth of conversation competition would have been there at a 91, 92, 93 kilo class. And I'm um, talking about thinning out the herds as well. If either Amanda or Danny moved up just to say, fuck it, then we have no battle at 84 and probably no battle at 93. <laughs> and then we have no battle. At, it could be, it could be like, Oh, well that works against us. Yeah, I mean, just looking at, like, I have Sweden's results pulled up here from Classic from last year, right? So there's, you know, 26, 63s entered, 23, 72s entered, 
2284 is entered and 1084 pluses. Right. So basically you're taking a couple of those 84 pluses away, maybe adding a couple of the 84s into that class. So like now you have, you know, seven 84 pluses and then 10, you know, 91 or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you're basically splitting up a smaller class anyway. Um, and it just doesn't make, doesn't make sense. Yeah. The depth in terms of one through 10 straight up isn't there. And then on top of that, you might just kill but not even the depth just just doesn't have to be depth i mean you know talent wise you just right. isn't a, isn't enough lifters to split it up that's all i mean it's just flat out they're just not coming anyway so why would we split that and, class up even further and even if people were to make the argument that well some of these late maybe 84 maybe there would have been more 84 pluses if um if like they thought they might have done better because they can't compete with the, the women of that size so then if you had a 93 but then i would i would double down on kind of what you're saying bill and say i push back on that and say all you need is a danny or an amanda to pop up there and then they're gonna win it whichever one decides to pop up and then they're gonna the other one's gonna win the 84 and we just we still have the same people we just lose a showdown there's the depth is in there it, it just doesn't work all right it just yeah. doesn't seem to work all around. So I think the proper decision was made. Going the other direction, was there in the lighter classes, and, and I'll throw there's something. So we're all on the same page there. The same individual said, what about abolishing 47 and 52 and making a 50 kilo class so that there was more depth in them and people like Heather Connor would be doing battle with possibly, you know, a Joy uh, Manah. Man Jesus Christ. Help Money. me out. Thank you. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously Naomi would be back. Only Naomi is not cutting anymore. And her, her kilos, in terms of her total, jumped way up when she moved to 52. Maybe 50 would have been. So he was saying if they would have made a jump or, or any kind of movement in terms of the classes, that could have been a direction as well. What do you guys feel yeah, about the way to relate classes? Yeah. Also get rid of the 59 men's class too and just even it all out together. So. Yeah, so there's 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 a lot of different ways that you can do it. I think that's what people need to understand that you could put a weight class in above the 84s. You can split a weight class like the 72s. You could completely restructure every single weight class to the exact what the new population is, and have a, every weight class being changed. Um, or like Bill said, and I've told people is you could just cut out a men's weight class because the original part of the original change was they went down to less weight classes because that's what the IOC wanted. They said, you have too many weight classes. You don't have the depth. There's too many world champions. So we aligned them more with weightlifting and we went down on weight classes to make it more competitive. So um, my idea was, okay, why don't you knock off the 59s and make the men's more competitive. And maybe you can shift the 66, maybe down to 65, just to make it a little bit fairer for those 59s. And then, yes, yeah, Fedosienko battled out there with, with Charles and Eddie and all these other guys. Um, so there's lots of different ways to do it. But I guess they decided the – easiest solution for them which is just chop that 72 which has a lot of lifters split into two new ones they'll set some kind of new world standards and then they go for there i think the argument for the having the something above the 84 as as a lot of people are saying is it's very u.s centric uh, whether people like it or not as as far as the big countries we're one of the most overweight ones and we tend to be heavier compared to other countries so i've looked at some some of the data points even for the u.s for women we fall right around 76.4 kilos, which is perfect for that 76 kilo weight class. All these other countries are less than us. All the way down to like South Korea, their average is like 56 kilos for their women. So why put in this 91 for maybe one country? Right. Well, fine. There, there you go. 
I think that pretty much puts a nail in the coffin to that debate. <laughs> Me and Bill had two nails in the coffin. You just threw the third in there. Um, so we could close the door on that one. And, and do you feel like possibly shaking up the bottom and taking away 47 and taking away 52 and making a 50 kilo class, do you think that would have been a, a move to make? Or do you think, you know what, that just kills two weight classes to create one, albeit it'd be a super weight class. All of a sudden, Heather Connor's in some battles, and everybody loves battles, and no one likes runaway favorites. And to, to an extent there, Heather is a bit of a runaway favorite. 52 is going to have some battles. 52 yeah. historically has had some showdowns. But 47 historically, we haven't seen some great matchups. And this might force some matchups to happen. Did you like that? Or do you think, you know what, let it grow. We might see 47s emerge, and we'll be sorry about this in the future. Leave it as is. Uh, I mean, I think it would have been a good idea. I mean, if you were starting fresh, brand new weight classes, you had no concept of the old weight classes, and you just took the data set and made new weight classes, probably the women's and men would all be shifted up a little bit. Because if you go look at the, again, like, like Bill was looking at how many people are in those weight classes, if you go look at how many competitors there are in the 47s or the 59s, or just look at the world population, how many women fall into a 47, it's a very small population that we're trying to pull from. But I think yeah. since it's already been set, and they want to do the least amount of change possible and, and affect everything for people that they don't want to make those changes. They just figured, okay, let's look at which classes have the most lifters in that we can split up. And I, and I think maybe someone tossed that idea out, split the 72s into these two, and then they voted on it and that's what they went. They didn't have time to have a bunch of different ideas from all different people, research it all, spend months and months trying to figure this out and then vote on it. I think it was maybe more of just like that was the best idea or maybe the, one of the best two ideas that was tossed in there. Having said that, I couldn't agree more with if you're going to split one up and still make it healthy, create amazing showdowns all around in all the new classes. We already analyzed it. I think we're all on page. It was the right one to do. What about the men's? Before we cut this, I do want to have, if you could do a new men's class somewhere, <laughs> where would you do? Would you pop a new one in somewhere? because you see a too big of a gap, would you cut one in half and take two new ones? What are you thinking? Because I mean, here's- Just me being selfish, I want the 125s back because I love that weight class. <laughs> you know, moving the 125 to 120s. Um, but yes, I think that, um, yeah, you're gonna have probably something in between the maybe split the 105s kind of thing. So you do like a 93, 98, 110, 125, something like, something around there, you know, um, just adding that in. Cause the depth is just, oh, I guess the depth at 120 isn't fantastic. So, I mean, the 105s is just really the hot class right now with how good that looks. Um, yeah. So maybe splitting that up a little bit or just, um, just leave them the same and get rid of the 59s and call it a day. Yeah, I think uh, I think some people are out there calling for a similar thing with something above 84s. They want something above 120s, like a 140 or something like that. Or maybe you put in the 125 and then a 125 plus, at least they'll be a little happier. But again, I don't think there's a depth for that. I don't think the data supports that. So yeah, you'd have to say, okay, which weight class has the most lifters, most will fall into, has the most depth. And the 105s is quickly shot up. Where like in 2015, 105s was like one of the weakest ones. And now it's one of the strongest ones and most competitive. So yeah, what if you chop that up? It'd be hard to just split it into 
two weight classes without shifting anything else up. Like Bill said, it might have to be like a, a 93, a 100, a 110, and then maybe like the 125. Like it was before. <laughs> right? 90, 100, 110, 125. Yeah. That is exactly what it was before. <laughs> 90, <laughs> 100, 110. Holy smoke. Because if you if just split We're going the, back. We're hustling backwards <laughs> here. <laughs> Gaston's like, what the fuck is this? What if, did we, if why you did just, we do this <laughs> If you just split the 105s into two weight classes and you did like 100, and then you'd have to do like a 110, I guess it would work, but it'd be weird, like 93, 100, 110, 120. I mean, I, I guess it'd be fine, but you might have to switch that 120 up a little bit. I'll tell you what. So in terms of, I think we all are somewhat in agreement. I sense a 7483 joke coming up right about now. No, so no, go, no. go ahead. Love, Keep going. Love, love. We're not touching my 74s and 83 kilo boys. <laughs> if I'm, I'm semi-surprised when you guys didn't try to wind me up and say, well, we could abolish 74 and then we could move around, you know, let's split 74. I'll be like, you sons of bitches. <laughs> this, guy, this call gets dropped. No, no, no. I think... You already know, but let me say it. I think 74, 83, gold. Don't touch them. They have produced great showdowns, though. Like, like beyond the bias. The reason why I'm biased, though, the showdown, not on an international level, really, at 74, I'll admit. But um, domestic, I like 74 in terms of what is We're going to talk about this again? We're going to talk about this again. Well, all right. Who's so, even close to fucking Taylor? Well, hey, no one's like, even close to Taylor. Whoa, Stop. Whoa, Once they do it in the meet, then we can actually talk. How about this? But what I, what I would say is, well, here's what I'll say. 2020 obviously isn't going to happen now. But by 2021, especially with some of these young cats, I, I, I want to see what's going to happen in the 74s. I do have high hopes, obviously. And uh, when you got like Perkins and you got uh, Cho and you got Austin, or uh, sorry, you got C. Um, I mean, these guys are all juniors now moving into the open. I think we're going to see some good battles 2021. So I would leave 74s. I would leave 83, 83, historically, there's no difference between 82 and a half, 83. And historically- Ryan, real quick, real quick. You're talking about, you're trying to save the class because of who's in it, right? When we just bias. talked about before how the 72s are by far the most competitive female weight class that we have, we have going. So if but, the 74s are the most competitive, let's split them up, baby. Hang on one <laughs> second, hang on one second. Now, hey, you son of a bitch. Make them 69 you and 76. You son of a bitch. You gave me a heart attack, Bill. You gave me so goddamn wound up. No, but hang on a second. Hang on a second. Before we get crazy and start splitting up the 74s, <laughs> and, and I go on suicide watch. Um, what I would say, though, the, the chief difference was the, the jump between 72 and 84 for a lot of these ladies left them in almost like a, a wasteland, so to speak, where like, shit, there's a lot of talent in between that are having a hard time making 72, but they go to 84 and they're just undersized. But we haven't experienced a whole lot of guys raise their hand and say, it's hard to make 74, but I'm way too small for 83. We don't hear that very often. There isn't that, that girth in between. Actually, well, it's only nine kilo first off. And then for men, nine Didn't kilo Ricky just do that? And now he's back at 74? Ah, but you know what? Could have been a what? show. That was, that, was a, that was a sly trick move <laughs> that he was pulling. I don't, he wasn't... He, I don't think he was ever going to 83. I think he was trying to, he was trying to play with some people and uh, get people's reaction. Like the mind games, I like it. Play it's the good. mind games, and he was always going back to 74. His plan, actually, he told me was um, he was never going to go to 83, but he wanted to first off get people riled up, 
and then, you know, whatever, take some shots at some 83s, get them riled up. But he's always actually, his body weight never changed. However, and he's like, I'll do one more round of 70, 74 because I got some unfinished business. Now that Nationals is gone, God knows what's going to happen. That's all out the window. Who knows? Maybe he is an 83 now because by the time he lifts again, the guy might be a freaking 93. But um, I, I know a lot of people last night that started eating and eating a lot of junk food and eating ice well, cream once they found out. Yeah. <laughs> if it's just local meat time. If it's just like, that one. If, if we're just doing local meats, you're not – a lot of these guys are like, I'm not cutting for a local meat. Whoever wants to – if you're like a top of the food chain, you know, like Taylor Atwood's not cutting because he's worried about who's going to show up at this local meet. If an 83 wants to show up, all right, he'll rough up an 83 or two if he has to as well, right? But um, 66s, I, I, I would say leave alone. 74s, 83s. I do agree with you guys. 59 kilo, I, you could – you, for my money's worth, I mean, you got Fedoshenko, but it's Fedoshenko all the time, and it's you could yeah, cut I mean, that and force yeah. him up, force him up, and and see what happens. And well, I mean, he's you know, been he's been around a long time, and and literally the guy who's winning every year is under five feet tall. So like the chance of finding someone else who can like shove themselves into the fifty nine, as we discussed last time with Cole Metz, is yeah. gonna be it's gonna be tough. So look, we're talking about talent pool here. You, 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 you're 100% right. You, in terms of people walking this earth, how many men are lifting weights, gaining muscle mass by lifting weights, but still weighing under 120, whatever odd pounds at 59 kilo? Very, very few. We're, we're, we're talking about a talent pool walking the face of the earth that's going to be so shallow, a talent pool, if we're talking about talent pools. You could just abolish that class. And if you got standard stars like Fedoshenko, let's see what he does at 66 there. I mean, he's one enough. He's he's won enough times. If he if he retired right now, he's got enough gold medals. Let's see what happens at 66. I do think I'm gonna agree with Bill. I think the one class that I think makes the most sense, and it's very much similar to the 72s in that is the 105s. And here's how it's probably the most similar. On a global scale, the 105s is probably the most stacked across the globe. On the flip side as well, in terms of a jump from 105 to 120. That's a massive jump. Very similar to, on a global scale, 72s was probably the most stacked. Also, a massive jump from 72 to 84. You had so many in-betweeners that were like, well, I'm fucked. So kind of the same for the 105s. They have a depth of competition globally, not just domestically in the U.S., but on a global scale. We've seen champions from the U.S., from Poland, I mean, from uh, wherever. We have plenty of 105s floating around all over that are competitive, as well as the jump to 120 is just entirely out of the question for a lot of these individuals. So you actually could, and it pains me because you have to break up a really strong class, but if you're going to break one up, you, I think the criteria has been set and I agree with it. A, it's got to be stacked. B, the next class up has to be so far away, it warrants an interim weight class. I think the 72s have that. And I think the 105 is close, most closest in terms of the men's weight classes fit into that category. I think we're all on the same page with that, gentlemen. Yep. Bingo, bango. We're, we're, we're at 1020. Talk some shit. You guys rattled me up with the 74, abolishing the 74 kilo talk. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. Bill was waiting. He's like, oh, by that. By that doesn't that? <laughs> he was waiting and, and wait for his turn. 
Um, thanks for coming on, fellas. Much appreciated. Uh, but listen, give a shout out. Everybody, if you want some coaching, reach out to my man, Bill. Reach out to my man, Arian. Bill, let him know. Um, first off, let him know some of your clients and how to get a hold of you and your coaching. Yeah, you can reach me at uh, get the lift on Instagram or get the lift at gmail.com. Um, got some higher end clients like uh, Jake Amendola, Tristan what? Nasalrod. What are they doing the next? Double world what? champion. Can I get a little bit of an update on, on your lifters too? Uh, uh, both you guys, because uh, Jake is absolutely fucking murdering it and um, like hit a huge bench. Do these guys got some local meets coming up, do you think, or are we kind of waiting and see? No, I just told them to both drink a 30-pack last night. So, I mean, they're going to be on the shelf for a while. So Okay. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, we haven't planned any of that stuff out yet. I mean, um, yeah, we just found out last night. So, obviously, we thought Jake was going to Worlds, and we thought he was going to Nationals, and now we had Bench Nationals. Who, who the hell knows what's going to happen? Um, I guess we kind of have to wait and see what the qualifier is for Worlds and if, it, if it's even worth doing a competition to try to knock one out of the park and get on the team again or what. Who knows? Yeah, fair enough. And um, so get the lift. And best way to reach you would be through Instagram? Yeah, Instagram or, uh, like I said, my email, gettheliftatgmail.com. Bingo, bango. And Arian, um, give, us, give us your – how do everyone get a hold of you and an update on some of your star athletes, sir? Yeah, I'm part of Squats and Science, so you can always check out squatsandscience.com or you can check me out on Instagram. We have the Squats and Science account, but then I have my personal one, Coach Arian K. Uh, for some of my top lifters, one of them, because I was talking to him just last night, is uh, Jonathan Garcia. He's down in Florida. He got second place in the 66s before he's gotten third and fourth. So we're always trying to battle for that first place. So we were waiting for Raw Nationals uh, very close to his hometown to try and get that first place. Unfortunately, it's not happening. We were planning on doing a test day next week in preparation for Raw Nationals. So he'll probably still do that, maybe bench uh, 400 pounds. He just did 385 the other day. And then it's kind of like, like Bill with his lifters. Let's see what we come up with um, to see when he's actually going to compete again. And then another lifter I have is uh, Sarah Brenner. She's gotten second place at Nationals. She's got the world record deadlift. We were planning on doing the North American Championships in Cayman so that we can bump up that deadlift. But we're not sending a team there. That meet is heading towards being canceled as well. So she's fine with taking a break because she had to set up her own home gym and her training has kind of been up and down, trying to build back up, not being motivated. I know a lot of people have trouble like lifting at home in their living room compared to in a gym with their buddies. So she's glad to take a long off season and maybe not compete for like nine months. Yeah, sounds good. And listen, Garcia, it's a, it's a shame that he's not lifting at Raw Nats. Your boy has been killing in the gym. It's absolutely crazy the numbers he's putting up for six six kilo lifter. Yeah, it'll be exciting to see if he can hit 400 in the gym next week without cutting weight. And then we'll see when we get to do it as a 66 because I think the only person that's done over that is uh, in IPF is Eddie Berglund. So we'd be like, I think, I'm pretty sure the like USAPL lifter to do over 400 in that weight class. Yeah, well, he has the American record, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> but, but, but also like the old weight classes and, yeah, yeah, and yeah, I got you, I got ADFPA you. and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Well, so are you going to say something, Bill? No, I'm saying that, you know, Jonathan um, ended up taking one of my guys' bench records too at some point. So we're going to – we we're, we're, we're got a little something for you guys coming up soon. So, you know, don't get too uh, complacent over there. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Jeff Bill's right. coming, all right? Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. We'll pay attention. We'll be watching. We'll be watching. Listen, fellas, thank you for coming on. Much appreciated. We'll keep in touch and we're going to do this again. Yes, sir. Love you. See, See ya. Boys. Bye, boys.